When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Welcome along to the flagship show of Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. This is Central. My name's John Sherwood and I've not been on here for ages, so it's a bit weird. I'm feeling a bit strange uh, at the moment, but I am here uh, with David Campbell. All right, David? It's good to see someone someone with a bit of class in the hosting chair, John. I'm happy to be here. Happy to be with you alongside uh, yourself. Gary, brother, I don't know what, you know, me and you, we, we last saw each other in much sunnier climbs than we are now. We saw each other in Los Angeles at WrestleMania last time, didn't we? So uh, Gary Kernan with us as well. Gary, how are you? I'm good, thank you, John. And John, I will die in this hill. Cody should have won the title at Mania. Mate, I'm with you, man. We were shocked there. I mean, the little so, sorry, dude. This is a bit of a mania throwback. You had to be there. Um, but, uh, yeah, there, there was that point where me and me and the guys who I was I was with, one of them actually predicted that Roman was going to win, and we both just looked at each other and went, "What the hell just happened?" You know, the whole stadium was just like completely in shock. It was it was wild. But we we digress because uh, uh, we don't want to go on about the fact that we're in LA uh, for too much. Um, so, yeah, of course, obviously, you can catch our back catalogue as well. Wherever you get your podcast from, you know where you get your podcast from because where well, you're listening to this right now. And you can get us on all the socials as well. We're at Suplex Retweet. Shall we uh, get stuck into everything today? Uh, Gary, I think you've got an actual full-on agenda, haven't you? Yes, I think we're going to talk about we're going to talk about all the news across WWE, AW, the wrestling world in general. We're going to talk about Raw. We're going to talk about Dirty Dom Dom. We're going to talk about injuries, <laughs> SummerSlam and The Rock. And we're going to touch on AEW, a couple of big shows there, Blood and Guts. And of course, we're all steam ahead for Wembley Stadium. Yeah, again, we're going to we're going to catch up again at Wembley, aren't we? Because we're both going to that. So, David, do you not come at Wembley? You no, like this? I'm, no, I'm not coming to Wembley. I felt that after uh, <laughs> claiming in Central that it would be a failure, it would be the <laughs> ultimate hypocrisy uh, for me to jump on the bandwagon and Maybe. add myself to the, the increased oh. crowds. You know, we're, we're recording this on Tuesday, and uh, I don't know whether you've gone properly full full through Raw last night and like just caught bits of it. But AEW, the the show has been advertised during Raw last night in the ad breaks. Yeah, they did the same during Money in the Bank as well, um, and uh, played for adverts on BT Sports. Oh, really? Which, yeah, which is quite uh, quite clever. <laughs> and it's interesting because like I, I was at Money in the Bank, and there was no 
Well, we didn't see any sort of AEW reference around the whole place. So whether like they had WWE security chasing them off or something, but I thought there may have been something, but we didn't see anything. Mm-hmm. That, is, that is it, very interesting. Yeah, that's happened for as long as wrestling's been a thing. You know what I mean? Like, DX drove a, a, a tank yeah. into a WCW arena one time. It's, not, it's nothing new. It's, it's smart, smart strategy. Yeah, yeah, it's just clever. D- just, yeah, they've sold, some feathers, but. <laughs> they've sold 60 or 1,000 seats. They've, they've got you know more to sell. They're opening up more, so why not get it on there? It was fascinating when you look at some of the figures that have been reported. And of course, it's gross figures that get reported, not the net figures. And I'm trying to remember the exact figures we've seen. I think it was an eight point something million gate Big money. is what AEW are reporting so far and WWE for Money in the Bank and uh, SmackDown reported five and a bit million from, from gate. Obviously, WWE will have made a ton of money on top of that and merchandise in AEW doesn't have the same type of merchandise operation that WWE does. I suspect the the net benefit for both companies, I suspect WWE is probably going to make more net money of those shows. Obviously, they sold out those two shows with very little effort. AEW is having to push a bit more for these shows, but it's it's phenomenal. It's utterly phenomenal and well done to AEW. It's yeah. great. And I know I should bite my tongue. I should say nothing. <laughs> I was wrong. I think it's great, but it's just about whether they sustain it past this. They're running mm-hmm. a huge arena, which is why you're getting that big gate. You're getting a lot of fans in there. But also, it's the first real exposure we've had to AEW in the UK and in Europe in general. I don't think yeah. it will just be UK fans attending that show. Oh, without so, doubt. Uh, so it's just going to be interesting to see this is a great start. It's a great, you know, they're laying their flag down here in the UK. What's it going to be like going forward after this? It's yeah. fascinating as well because they're not running this as a pay-per-view early in the States. It's going to be on um, on one of the Turner channels. I forget it which was, one. Uh, it was disputed. Uh, I, I, I still don't know to this day, Gary, what, what deal it's ended up going with there. But Tony I mean, Khan will just make something up on the spot and it'll happen. <laughs> it'll, yeah. just, it'll just happen. If they put it on normal TV, for lack of a better description, they'll probably get more eyes on it. And actually, it's probably not a bad decision to show, you know, get as many people as possible to watch the, you know, this tremendous presentation. This is probably going to be this biggest crowd ever. But obviously, it's an it's a income generation opportunity that they may be missing out on. But who knows what happens in the world of cocaine booking? <laughs> is that the new film though? it's given a cocaine cocaine bear <laughs> well, well, the, the shark one that came out this week there's news about a uh, shark that could find some drugs that were in the in the sea and you could get a new one with that and now we've got the, that cocaine booking we'll go with that what, one, shall we? what, what a trilogy what a trilogy it is it's a rival sharknado um so we'll get back to AEW in just a little bit but obviously wwe uh they've been doing some stellar business as we already know money in the bank they made a whole bunch of money with that but they're back now heading towards SummerSlam. In uh, a couple of weeks' time, it's what week on Saturdays we're recording this at the moment. So it's what August the fifth, I think. Um, and uh, Raw, which has just happened, plenty going on to set that. A couple of matches, including uh, Scotland's Drew McIntyre, of course, going to be taking on Gunther. Which is that's going to be a banger, isn't it? We all know they've got together uh, in a few places now, and it's worked. That yeah. is going to be a banger of a match. Yeah, it's just interesting. The boys discussed last week about it's kind of complicated the booking on that. I think, um, I don't know whether, you know, because Drew, he's had these discussions about he's unhappy, they promised him something to come back. So you'd think that, okay, he's going to get a big win, he's going to topple Gunther and he's going to capture the IC belt. 
the, the record is right there, you know. Yeah. And I, I don't, I don't know uh, how they're going to play this. Like you said, John, the only guarantee we have out of this is that it's going to be a banging of a match. It all bets it off as when it comes to the finish, which I think makes it more exciting as a viewer. To be fair. Absolutely. I mean, the SummerSlam card, guys, I think the card is a stellar card. There are so, there's not a duff match in amongst the seven announced so far. Um, eight when we put in Becky and Trish. So, I mean, I, I'm excited about this card. I think this is brilliant. It is from top to bottom looking really, really good, to be honest. Like I said, Becky and Trish, which I think was long rumoured to be happening at SummerSlam anyway, so they've just got to this point going through Saudi and, and, and where they are right now. I think Seth and Finn is going to be good. I think, you know, as uh, obviously I'm contractually obliged just through Dead Boys Fitness to talk about Seth Rollins being champion all the time. But um, I think Finn's going to take it. Mm. I, I do. I, I think there's a couple of reasons why Finn's going to take it. And I think Seth is, is a great champion and I think to keep him strong is, is going to be good. But... Judgment Day is so on an extra rise right now, and I know we're going to recover a little bit more at Judgment Day in just a second. But I think with with Finn, he's lost so much, he has to win this, or he's not going to be taken seriously at all. Like mm. he'll be the only one in Judgment Day then without anything to show for it. And I know he's the leader, but does wouldn't it make them look a little stronger with every one of them holding something, and then? Yeah, Finn just needs this now. I think he he, he just needs it because when he goes into another feud, he, the the risk in that whole thing of like they'll put him in another feud, and you'll expect him to lose. Yeah. And you know, it's it's like what happened with Bray Wyatt again in the end. You know, you just expect people to lose against him. It's tough because he's a veteran, and uh, the argument could be made that no loss at this point affects Finn Balor. You know, because he is Teflon, he's been around for so long, he's a popular character, and he's having the run of his career. But I'm, I'm, I'm swaying more to agreeing with you, John, that does the story warrant Finn as our champion with Damien Priest always around him carrying that money in the bank briefcase? That is That seems to be a more interesting story to me. And, and he, has said, he has said he'll give him the first shot as well. Yeah. yeah. Seth Rollins has been a great uh, first champion for this title. And I think it would be a shame to see it cut relatively short. But we are in an era right now where we've had so many long title reigns. It would be good to remind people that anything can happen in WWE, as they like to say. You know, let's have a short world title reign here. Balor gets the win. And like you say, it's a more interesting story going forward, probably. I mean, the breadcrumbs have been put there as well, haven't they? Because we've seen the T's going back to Money in the Bank as soon as Damien Priest became senior Money in the Bank. That you've seen the little teasers of it since then. So, it, I mean, John makes a compelling case, but equally, uh, I mean, this is what uh, also why this card is exciting, isn't it? Because it could go either way. Like we were just saying with Gunther and Drew, this one could go. In, you could make compelling case for both of them. I don't think it hurts Seth to drop the title because he is just on that different stratosphere. Yeah, and then now, there's there's different options there as well. I think Seth could potentially feud with the loser of the IC title match as well. A Seth versus Gunter feud would be, oh, would be fantastic. That'd, that'd be nice. 
even Seth, mm. Seth versus Drew would be good as well. We don't know what Cody's plans are going to be after SummerSlam. I doubt they'll run that back so yeah, soon. Yeah, I don't want to say that again right now. Yeah, but the point is, there's, yeah. there's a lot of people Seth can go off and have a really strong programme with. Um, yeah. You know? Well, there's rumours that Cody's next programme is Bray Wyatt, but take that with a pinch of salt. Yeah. <laughs> we should be excited about that. Why are we not? Mm. Well, how many how many rebirths can one person have? And that, this is it with with Bray. I, I don't know what you do with him now. I really don't because you've you've got him into a position where he's changed his character, and you know it's not his fault that he had to go. He got sick. You can't. Yeah. You know you can't help that. You can't go get. Can't can't help getting hurt. Rather, um, there's nothing he could do about it, and that's a shame. But obviously, it derailed the train, and it and now I think everybody will have forgotten about the whole Uncle Howdy stuff and all that. You know, I think that's, you know, the, the trains come off the tracks there. It feels like such a waste, though. And I think, here's the thing, Brain Wyatt clearly views this, he's one of these guys who views this as an art form. And this is an artistic output for him. But when you're an artist, you're inherently selfish. And he might not think it. But no one who's went one-on-one with Brain Wyatt in the past, like, five years has been more over because of it. Yeah. And that, that's the fact. That's not me being cruel. That's not me saying I don't like the Bray Wyatt character. The fact of the matter is, it's not a character in its current iteration since The Fiend that lends itself to doing business for other guys. And that's yeah. what wrestling is all about. When two guys have a feud, they should come out looking stronger because of it. And Ellie Knight's probably the exception, but that wasn't down to Bray. That was, that was Ellie Knight. You know? That was in spite of Bray. I mean, it's hard to make your opponent look good when you no-sell and or when you're written, you're scripted or programmed yeah. just to no-sell how I mean that gets boring after a while and um, yeah what can you do yeah exactly but um, yeah. it's a compelling story that's what it needs Uncle Howdy could have went somewhere and it didn't and John you're right we might never see the end of that but if you're going to have a character like that the reason Undertaker and Kane stuff worked was because that was a great story we were invested in the long-term story of it. Yeah. G- give, me, give me some meat on the bone with Bray coming back this time and get to it a bit quicker. You know? It's so hard to regain momentum when it's lost yeah. in, in mm. that way. And it, it's, yeah, it's unfortunate. As you said, John, it's really unfortunate because yeah. when he came back, you know, obviously we've seen this before, when The Fiend appeared at SummerSlam to, uh, 2019, um, that was amazing. What followed was not amazing, uh, and when he came back uh, in Saudi, folk were exceptionally excited again about it. But yeah. the the follow ups just just not been the same. Yeah, and you know it's, it's it is a real shame for Bray. I mean, I, I don't know what they're going to do with him. There's going to be have to be uh, you know a long term discussion about this, and then they have to work out a plan again. I don't think you can just restart it, which is is not good. And and obviously, you know, you mentioned about. The debut that was that was Finn Balor, wasn't it? I think he he debuted against. So it's uh, interesting that he's now in this main event again against Seth. We, we're talking Judgment Day, and we we mentioned this guy's name before we we got uh, recording this. And you know, Dirty Dominic Mysterio got to be he's got to be on the MVPs right now in WWE, which I don't think I'd ever thought I'd say, but he's really surprised me. That dynamic he's got he in Judgment Day and the heat he gets is nuclear. Oh, it's amazing. After, this boy has had the week of his life. He main evented 
uh, NXT, Raw, SmackDown in the one week, and he's off. He's even Wild. over in AEW. Yeah. <laughs> when your opposition are talking about you, you know you're doing something right. And uh, the thing is, you brought up the word and it's heat, and it's the the difference between there was a long time there, everyone wanted it to be the cool heel. You know, and it's like, oh, I'm a heel, but I still get cheered everywhere. And as much as I love MJF, it's kind of got like that with him. Dominic Mysterio. For me, X-Pac heat doesn't exist. I don't think go away heat is an actual thing. I don't think it's a bad thing. If people hate you that much, like that is a fantastic thing for your character. And Dominic Mysterio, there is no man. It is lucky that his father is the most beloved character in wrestling history you know what I mean like there's no man you can turn on and get that kind of reaction for but they have built on it and they have carried it and they have managed to put him into that group so seamlessly and he was the missing link that his character work is sublime his in-ring work is getting better he should be rewarded uh, for what's happening because the next question that people are going to ask is can he stand on his own two feet when Judgment Day does crumble and I think that this is really smart. This NXT North American title reign is the first true test of that for Dominic Mysterio. So we'll need to see how it goes, but it's, it's been an upward uh, trajectory um, for a very long time, so I don't see it going down. I'd be fascinated to see if we see Dominic get a spot on SummerSlam, because I think that's maybe the next thing he needs. He needs his own. Yeah. Post-Rey Mysterio, he's not had a, a, a one-on-one feud Cody so slightly, be- but that was very small. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. Yeah. yeah, that didn't really count, did it? I mean, I think like with, with Dom, I don't know whether there was uh, a sort of rumour about this, but I think it may have been him and Priest going up against KO and Sammy, but obviously Owens is injured now. Yeah. Uh, he's done his ribs, so he, he probably isn't going to be on SummerSlam, uh, which is is a shame, and that's why Sammy and, and, and Dom, who had an absolute banger again on, on, yes. uh, on Raw, it was a really good match, and that's why they were together. Um It'd be nice if they threw him on this in a singles match and not just have him out there with. Because is Rhea on the card? I can't remember. Rhea's not on the card yet, is she? Rhea's, Rhea's going to be against Raquel. Uh, but she's hurt like, as well, right? Uh, that's, that's that's a shoot injury, I think. I thought it was Liv that got injured. Well, Liv's yeah. hurt. She's oh, out. Yeah. But Raquel was out the other week, the week so before. I don't know what the score is with that. Mm. Yeah. So at the moment, uh, Rhea is not on the is not on the SummerSlam card. Although she is everywhere else. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mommy do think, goes what mommy wants. I think there's an interesting opportunity. If they're, if Kevin Owens is injured, Priest and Sammy could have a great one-on-one match together. Yeah. Let Dom have a match for the NXT North American Championship because that gives you the opportunity to test him, but also gives another NXT talent a really big yeah. spot in the main yeah. roster. Get like Wesley well, back up or something like that. Yeah. Bring him in there. Or yeah, like even throw in like an open challenge and bring out... Because he's... And again, I think he's been kind of just curtailed because of LA Knight. Throw Cameron Grimes in. Mm. I love to see Cameron Grimes get a good showcase match like that. I think that would, again, put him on the radar. Yeah. So two, two things, guys. Well, first, the Great American Bash is coming up on Sunday, yeah. which only has four matches in him, so Dominic may end up on, on that card. But Cameron Grimes is a SmackDown superstar. He should not be facing off against somebody that's on Monday Night Raw. Oh, I'm getting my brand split mixed up again, aren't I? Uh, you and Every writer in WWE. <laughs> but Gary, here's here's the thing, right? And I would agree with this if it was happening habitually, right? But the main case recently has been the Judgment Day, who by all means probably have a right because Damien Priest is Mr. Money in the Bank, Senior Money in the Bank. So he can cash in on both brands. You know what I mean? Yeah. In mm. Judgment Day, uh, there, you, you touched on this already, boys. 
as a group, they are just hitting the groove and hitting the, the size. And Raw, opening Raw this week with the Judgment Day stood in the ring, I thought was brilliant. Okay. I don't think I don't think this was a great episode of Raw by any stretch of the imagination, but that that opening segment and then what led on with the uh, Salmon and Dom Dom, I thought it was a brilliant uh, way to start the show. Yeah, it was really good. It's actually just a, a few things I'm reading now. Apparently, some segments were moved around on Raw, but it doesn't look like anything was massively shifted about too much. So hopefully, it wasn't too much messing about with with the program because I think things are going quite well, bar injuries, which obviously are, are, are not good. And I think you know in, injuries have been a, a bit of an issue, haven't they? Because they've been cropping up left, right, and center at the moment. People getting some serious ones, and and then some ones that are quite niggly. And and it's it's a shame that a lot of talent seems to be taking a bit of time off because they're hurt. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it happens though, and also this is why we always like the long term booking. What's the plan? But WWE sometimes are brilliant at pivoting. You know what I mean? Kevin Owens being out, you know, you could do a mystery partner for Sami Zayn or give him another couple of singles matches. You know, which is always a great thing. A new partner for for we, I give someone else an opportunity. It's just it's part and parcel of wrestling. You know what I mean? Like it's going to happen. And there's ways of managing it, like we've seen so pretty deadly as Elton Prince. Uh, oh, that's a tragedy, that, that one, to be yeah. Got the bad injury, but he was still on SmackDown this week. Which yeah, was so. good, because they needed to keep their, their momentum going, because they were really picking Correct. up some steam. Obviously, it depends how serious the injury and what sort mm. of body parts one has injured, and if somebody requires surgery, then that obviously takes them, takes them right out of the equation um, in many ways. But, but uh, the biggest it's one... To do. The biggest one who's benefited from it is someone who's going to be on the Summer Sam card as well. Like Ricochet was in, it was a good tag team with Braun Strowman in the end. But now he's at the, one of the biggest pay-per-views of the year against Logan Paul. Right, you yeah. know what I mean? Like that is a real opportunity. Ricochet has been given a real sort of chance here to prove himself and go viral once again. Yeah, and he was all over Raw this week as well. Um, lots of draft points on, on <laughs> grabs there, David Campbell. No one has the confidence in Ricochet just yet, Gary, for that. You know I mean? No, no. <laughs> uh, once upon a time, he was a first-round dra- draft pick. Oh, what a terrible uh, decision that was. God. By Mr. Jack Graham, but... Um, <laughs> but not anymore. But this, you're, you're totally right, guys. I am excited. Logan Paul, um, he is easy to hate. But my God, you have to give him credit for what he can do in, do in the ring. And this match, again, long-term booking. Don't know, you know, we might be giving them too much credit here, but obviously there was a story that started with these guys back at the Royal Rumble. They had their, I thought it was actually quite good, nicely done yeah. with the story post-Money in the Bank, where, where Logan Paul's able to say, Ricochet, you were determined to make sure I didn't win this match rather than trying to win it yourself you took so desperate to stop me you took us both out of it I thought that was good and I've no doubt I mean this is going to be this is going to be some spectacle isn't it? I mean they're not going to be staying on the ground for too long are we we're not going to be seeing any (laughs) headlock takeovers or you know waist locks or anything like that no we're going to see these two flying they're going to have wings and the thing is like it's, it's, it's interesting because we wouldn't think we'd be looking forward to the Logan Paul match when it came to a big pay-per-view, you know what I mean? Imagine, how wild is that to put out loud? But the man has delivered 
each and every single time he's been in the ring, he's put his body in the line, like the bump, not even the big bump of money in the bank, but he took this spot when he jumped off the apron, I think, on the priest, and the table didn't break. I was like, yeah. this guy, yeah. he is paying his dues, you know what I mean? He's, he's, he's taking some hits in there. And as much as, listen, people can not like Logan Paul because a lot of the stuff that he does outside of the world of wrestling is very questionable. Uh, however, if we're just taking it as a performer, as a performer in the wrestling ring, one, he's one of the most natural heels they've had in a very long time, and two, he can actually go. And very smart at WWE, they picked out like Logan Paul, who, like, as you said, despite what anybody thinks about him outside the ring, he is a very notorious star that he is going to put eyes on the products and bad bunny. I mean, like still the most streamed guy on Spotify, you put him in and he's done so well as well. I mean, they yeah. put two fans in there who've done the business. Yeah. It's, it's smart. Like, so well. involvement is great when it's done right. In WWE. I don't care what anyone says. Like you can, if you can get someone who is hot and like you say, John, that combination of they really understand what's going on, like that that creates a lot of moments. Even going back to Mike Tyson, you know what I mean? Yeah. Going back to the first mm-hmm. WrestleMania. Celebrity in wrestling is went hand in hand for a very long time. But I think WWE forgot that second part of it that they need to be sort of in on not in, in the joke, but they need to sort of be knowing what's going on. You know the environment yeah. they're going into. They need to be like Jason Momoa and Fast X. They need to know the movie they're in. You know, and then then they can perform the best of their ability. Yeah, wild, isn't it? To see that it's, it's, but like I said, that is going to be so so good. What are the matches on SummerSlam? Because I've completely forgotten. Gary, you've got the card, haven't you? <laughs> I've got the card here, so let's run the card. So we've got Cody versus Brock, of course. Uh, Seth and Finn, we've just been talking about. We've got a triple threat for the women's championship: Asuka versus Charlotte, of course. Uh, and Bianca, that is the role that Charlotte has to fight for the championship. Not even mad, it's going to be a great match. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be great when Neo Sky cashes in. Uh-huh. Got Ricochet and Logan Paul. We've got Ronda and Shayna Baszler, which I'm quite looking forward yeah. to, actually. Gunther and Drew for the Intercontinental title. And Trial by Combat, Roman Reigns versus Jay, main event Jay Uso. It's going to be huge, that. That's yeah. going to, it's going to be... Just ridiculous. It's just going to be another fight. Yeah, and it's going to be exceptional to watch. Yeah. Can I you know, m- make a co- controversial uh, view or share a controversial view here? I don't think they should do anything with the bloodline on SmackDown. I think the story's told, the table's set. I, I fear when I watch the segment of SmackDown this week, I fear that they're starting to run out of rope and just overexpose it a bit much. If anything, you're going to do anything in SmackDown, uh, give Jay a one-on-one match against somebody. Um, but I don't need to see the two of them face off, yeah. you know, nose-to-nose again. They, yeah. They've I, done it. They've set it up, haven't they? Yeah, brilliantly, set everything up. brilliantly set up. They just need to... Jay needs a high-profile win in SmackDown, I would say. Like, ha- have him beaten someone a note. I think would be a great way to do it. What I like about Jey Uso, and this is going to sound like it's a criticism disguised as a compliment, but it's really not. I think a lot of promos and what's been fired at a lot, it's a criticism at a lot of WWE promos is how well polished they are. What I like about Jey Uso when he goes out there, like his voice is sort of wrought with emotion. It doesn't feel scripted in any way. It doesn't feel like he's trying to hit some points. It feels like a man who goes out there and speaks from the heart and speaks with passion. And I think that's that's his biggest upside. Is, he also is the, yeah. He also does something which a lot of the other talent don't do. 
Mm-hmm. And this is from a broadcaster's perspective. This is where it's coming in now. His mic technique is actually quite phenomenal. He speaks straight over the mic. Yeah. And it catches everything perfectly. So he, he, every bit of it goes correctly. And I think that's another part of of what a lot of the talent miss because you sometimes hear them go, oh, they're over here or they're, like, they're over here. Mm. Yeah. They, don't, they don't hit the mic properly. Totally. And he does every word you get and every bit of passion, every intonation, everything that, that is there in, in his promo is spot on because yeah. he is all across that mic and yeah. he delivers perfectly. It's deliberate as well. Like that's that's the thing. It sounds like it's not just off the cuff. It takes a lot of crap to be able to make it sound like it does, you know, and still hit all, all of the, the well, emotional stories. You, you look at, and then you look at how like Xavier Woods does it. Mm. Similar way, but he holds it like that because he's still talking over that bit of the mic. Yeah. So he's still getting all so you can never miss him. Yeah. He's hearing it properly. It's very it's very good that that you know the talent have been taught that a lot of them don't get taught that and you can see that. I've noticed that when I've been watching NXT as well, that some of them are still hundred percent kind of learning this this craft of delivering a promo correctly. Totally. And here's a quick Scott said last week, right? And he convinced me. Geoso should win at SummerSlam. Do you guys think that? No. No. Even if Roman wins it back in like a month or so? Yeah, I think it, it, Roman's got to be dethroned properly. He's, he, I think Jay, it's a, it's a great match, but I think yeah. there's got to be there's got to be something else there. I, I, it's where you go after, because like you said, the only path back, the only path after that is that Roman fights him again and wins it back. Yeah, and so it's not the strength of the Roman Reigns story, but the, every challenger mm. they put against them, I really want them to win. Yeah, you <laughs> like, want them to win. That's success. it. Yeah, I mean that. I mean, it, going back to Drew at Clash of the Castle, and we were all well convinced that this may just happen because it was the UK. It was it was going to be a thing. And again, WrestleMania, Cody. Every single person thought Cody was going to win that title. Everybody. And then, what, as soon as Roman got the three. You, you could hear a pin drop for a second. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I even going as so far back to Crim Joe. I even wanted Logan Paul to win that bloody. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's how long you go on because he's sitting there going going for so so long and doing doing what he's doing. You know, like, when when does he want to stop? Yeah, yeah. It's going to be it's going to be mania now, isn't it? It's going to it's be mania. Got to be. Got to be, be mania. Cody. It should be Cody at mania. That's yeah, should I'd, be. He's going to win the Rumble again, and yeah. I think he'll do he'll do two. But he came in what thirty this year. I think he might do a rear and wire to wire. He might come in at number one and go all the way. This is th- this what he's going through now. We're talking about long term storytelling. This is his hard times. He's yeah. got to go through Brock. And he's got to go through Brock three times. Yeah, he's got to do you know he's got to do another thing. He's got to do this that. He's lost to WrestleMania. He's got to get to that point now. Yeah, and he, mm-hmm. yeah, he's this. This is his hard times. That will yeah. be the story finishing. Part of me thinks then he should feud with Gunter after Brock, then mm. because they had that bit in the Rumble. So yeah. if he mm-hmm. beats Brock and, and Gunter comes out at the end of this historic reign on Raw, you just say, "Look, I'm ready for a world title match." Gunter comes out and says, "I know what you can do, but I am the I'm at the top of this great sport. I should be next in line for a world title match." And even Gunter do Cody, do Cody versus Gunter. And something they haven't done in a long time. Do a best of seven series or something along that lines. You know That'd what I mean? Cool. 
I would love that because neither of those two men would lose any momentum from losing to the other, whether it's once, twice or three times in that, because everyone knows they're so good. Everyone knows they're at the top of the card. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you could hang that over a couple of months even, couldn't you? Yeah, it is. Yeah. That's over a couple of pay-per-views. Stretches well, you know. to the stretches to the sorry. <laughs> no, it I still call them pay-per-views as well. I, I probably never will call them PLEs on a habitual basis, to be fair. PLE now. <laughs> Gotta remember these things. Corporate will do us in. Uh, but yeah, SummerSlam shaping up to go. Great American Bash. Again, apparently, you know, there's there's rumors of Cody turning up to that as well. And they are doing this this whole cross with lot of talent rolling up to NXT now, which I think is going to be is going to be very cool. And obviously, you know, you got the the Gallus boys on there as well against uh, D'Angelo and Stacks. That'll be uh, that'll be an interesting one. I, I, yeah, I, I like the Gallus lads. I think they've got a bit of stock behind them in WWE. Um, I don't think they're like, oh, just throw them on the main roster already. Um, I think another yeah, bit of time in NXT won't yeah. do them any harm at all. Yeah, yeah, but they should lose the belts here. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I love yeah, the D'Angelo family. D'Angelo yeah. family are fantastic. They sent out to jail. It's like this. Oh, it's unbelievable. This is NXT at its best. The best thing to come out uh, of the sort of multicolored rainbow NXT was, <laughs> was this was this sort of nonsense. You know what I mean? And and I love it because we don't we don't get this silliness elsewhere in WWE. No, right I now, love you know? I love the two interactions on SmackDown as well backstage. Yeah. Uh, if you spotted these. There was the one, with, obviously, with Dominic Mysterio, which was blatant. He's like, oh, yeah, you know, your man from the yard says hello and all that. And then there was the one with Pretty Deadly when they just kind of hid from from them because like, they were still in witness protection or something or they were very scared. And, like, they just kind of cowered away. It was very funny. That, is, that stuff is gold. Genuine gold. Uh, but now some good stuff in WWE right now. I think that, I think they've been putting on some of the best shows they've done in a long time. And I, I know the the pay per views PLEs they just they just hit. SummerSlam is going to be big, and uh, and we're all looking forward to it. And and as I booked my transport today, um, it's about forty days till Wembley um, with AEW, which yeah, you know, I've got to hold my hands up and say I've stepped away from AEW a little bit. And I've only kind of caught what's been on social and 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 YouTube and the results and stuff. So I know we, you know, last week you were talking about blood and guts, but we want to kind of go through it a little bit more here. David, you've seen this, haven't you? Have you seen the full thing? You're not seen it all properly yet, Gary. Have no. you seen that the whole the whole match? Because I've only watched the bits of it, and I mean, there's bits of it that I thought were utterly ridiculous, and I don't think needed to be there. I think that bed of nails thing was just a joke. Yeah, like I just, I just worry for some, you know, for some of the talent that if something goes wrong on something like that, no matter how much you gimmick it, something Wait, goes wrong. I mean, there was a lot of discussion coming uh, around about risks coming out of Forbidden Door, wasn't there? And there is the the pushing of the constant pushing of the envelope in wrestling overall we we've seen um seen that over times and it's it is getting to a stage that does make you fear that a serious injury a life changing life limiting injury c- cannot be far round the corner so what i hear that you know of course respect that these guys are highly trained. 
and highly skilled at what they do, but the level of risk is getting higher and higher. Yeah, I think, look, I, I have came on this show and I've said AEW is not perfect. There, There's some stuff that they do great, and looking across this Blood and Guts event, the big thing for me is the Adam Cole MGF yeah. partnership. I'm so happy they won this tournament. I'm so happy that they've embraced this. Like it, Adam Cole, props to him. We all know how good Adam Cole is, right? But MGF has been, we talk about pillars. For me, there's one pillar and it's Maxwell Jacob Friedman. He's held up this company and has been consistently entertaining uh, in AEW since its inception. This current run with Adam Cole has made me kind of not want them to split up. We know they, they will. <laughs> we know it's happening. <laughs> we know it's happening, but like they work so well together, and it's these sort of things that engineers can do so well. He's given a story. He said, "Okay, what do you want me to do? Right, we need to sell people in this tag team so that when we split up, even though they know it's going to happen." It's going to have that emotional impact for the crowd. It is not just going to feel like a filler story because it could in any other wrestler's hands because it's so predictable, you know. But MGF and Adam Cole have made it work so well. They've taken something that's so old, a trope in wrestling, and they've made it fresh and they've made it new and they've made it their own. I Which love them. Right. It's yeah. great. They brought it into 2023. I mean, I love I, I, the one thing I love about tag teams is when you get a tag team that wears matching gear. Yeah, yes, because it looks yes. like they put something, some thought into it, and they are actually a team. It's not just two people who've been thrown together, and they're wearing matching gear. The, you know, the, the Burberry uh, jacket, and and he's doing the whole boom thing as and well. And the song, it's, yeah, the song, it's the song matched song together. Brings, yeah, it's, it's it's great. It's really really good. Like I so say, you know where it's going. We all know where it's going. Everyone yeah. can see it that this is turning up into you know a, a turn. I'm hoping it's going to you know have that so, uh, singles match at Wembley because I'd love to see it. Totally, totally and I think Adam Cole has had probably his best run in AEW since coming back from this injury. He seems to have been well on top, and the matches, the bits that I've seen have been great. Without a shadow of a doubt. I think the big thing about Adam Cole, <laughs> I'm saying this, but I'm not on TV as a wrestler, right? His physique when he came to AEW for a long time wasn't great. For me, he didn't look like a star, and it didn't seem like he felt he was the same sort of star as he was in WWE. And I think it even goes back to his debut in AEW. Came out to this big pop, should have been Adam Cole's moment. Brian Danielson comes out, not yeah. a couple of minutes later. Blew that. And it reduced Blew him. That. It did reduce him. I don't care what anyone says. It, it made Adam Cole feel less than. It made Adam Cole feel on a, a lower tier. When we know what his potential is, and I think that this programme, definitely John, has helped him. I don't think it helps when just getting back to the blood and guts match you've got people here who it feels very and i I don't want to say it feels old school tna at this point right but do you remember when the main event mafia and all that were kicking about like you like to your cut angles and your stings and christians and stuff like that who were really good for a time and they were still in their prime but they were taking up a big chunk of that upper part of the card and that's kind of what i feel with the the elite in the blackpool combat club right now these guys didn't necessarily be feuding with each other they should be feuding with younger talent in order to keep that ecosystem of aw growing and keeping it fresh but all of a sudden it's again it's about this oh gang warfare and it's great in the blood and guts matches it's an entertaining match you're going to be entertained but has the overall story been that entertaining you know what I mean? If we if we look at it just at the bare bones of the story, oh, here's Kota Ibushi. If you watch Japan, you'll know about him. 
have you really told us about him on AEW TV? You know what I mean? Like this, that's that's the criticism I have. This is an issue. I, I was on um one of the media calls with Tony mm-hmm. not long ago, and um despite throwing a few questions in on the chat, didn't get to ask them. Not that bitter. <laughs> but there was there was a lot of what he was saying which kind of resonated with me a little bit of how AEW is. AEW just, and I know we've mentioned this when we've been talking before privately, but they just seem to throw stuff out there sometimes. It's like, oh, that's a banger of a match, but why? Yeah, that's that's really cool. Great, you put those guys together. Why? Yeah. And Tony was talking about, do you remember when Sabu came in? Yeah. Not yes. long ago. So random. He, it was very random, but I'll tell you, you know, he actually confessed why he was on the call. Why? Because it popped his dad. <laughs> because his dad knew Sabu. And he's like, I'm booking Sabu. And he went and booked him. And that was why he got him on the card, because it popped his dad. So he's doing stuff like that, which is mm, mind-blowingly silly. Yeah. You know, like, don't just think about getting the pop here. You don't, that's what it seems that he's, always going for just a big pop we need the big pop we need the big pop you don't put something compelling on and do that and you know more people will then gravitate towards it build these people up i mean like even jungle boy jack perry or whatever he's going by now is the ftw champion this guy right he's got such a epic story there and i know he's a heel now but the, i don't care about him can i, I just, never did can i just can i say this it's because Jack Perry is not good in the mic. And he needs to work on it. And he he should have been given more of a chance before this to develop it. There many have dark and dark elevation and all this stuff to, yeah. to elevate talents and their weak points. But it seems but no like Jack Perry that. Yeah, but it feels like Jack Perry, what I'm saying is is fell under the cracks because he's been, oh, you're you're on the main roster, you're a tag team champion. Don't really need to speak because you've got cool music and you've got a dinosaur beside you. But it feels like the opposite. <laughs> it feels like the opposite. WWE preparing, they're preparing Dominic Mysterio to eventually break out in his own. Here's the title, here's this, okay, get you talking a bit more on the mic, etc. It seemed like uh, Jack Perry was kind of like, okay, you're split from your dinosaur friend. Uh, go out there, four pillars, yeah, fate or four way, you're going to shit the bed in promos. No one's going to be interested in you. We're going to turn you heel and people will still not care about you. And I think that's, that's like, wrestlers should always be developing their craft, especially when he's at that level, right? So some of the buck falls to him, but it also really falls to AW for not picking up. They're meant to have a coaching system. Do you know what I mean? What are they doing? Yeah. <laughs> what, are they, what are these guys doing backstage? Someone should be helping them out with that. And I think that it, it sounds really harsh what I'm saying here, right? But also, when you look at the two side by side, he's just defeated Hook, who has a massive upside. Luke shouldn't be everything, but he has an unbelievable look. look. He has a great... He reminds me of Shayna Baszler in NXT. That's the style of matches he should be having. And yet they let his popularity just drop from not using him on TV for a considerable amount of time. And now all of a sudden, okay, go and do this makeshift team with friendship with Jack Perry. Oh, by the way, you're now going to drop the FTW title to try and get mm. him some more heat and get him over when really Hook should have been on to bigger and better things by now. You know what I mean? It's wild, isn't it? And again, like they just, like I said, they throw random stuff together. You can look at all the, the ROH things that get thrown in there. And obviously, we just had what Claudio and Pack, haven't we? Yeah, you know, thrown yeah. in all that. And I just don't, I just, I, I don't get the logic. I, I don't, am I missing something? I don't no. know. 
it's booked like an indie show. It's booked like an indie promotion. And that therein lies the problem. This is a television programme. It is not an independent wrestling promotion. You have television content. And Warner Brothers might be happy because you're getting like regular viewers in and you're getting a sort of regular, really good hits on social media, etc. Right. But eventually the bubble is going to burst. Because if you're not growing, if you're not bringing in new fans, if you're not getting people invested, and the way that you do that is by creating not talented wrestlers, by creating interesting television characters and telling good stories with them. And for me, as a viewer, and maybe it's just speaking to my sensibilities, but for me as a viewer, AEW is not doing that. And I think that they really, really need to sort of shift gears with regards to it. Yeah, Gary, I'm sure I'd, yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this as well. Yeah, I mean, long-term booking, uh, forward planning, um, building multiple stories with different layers to it has been a long, uh, a long-held criticism of AEW. Uh, they have done good things in isolation. Like they, you've, We talked about it in the show before, but you guys just mentioned it there. Um, bringing in Adam Cole and Daniel Bryan on the same night was a you know actually created fabulous buzz, but that could have been two hits and should have been two two different hits. Um, and I, I, met, I remember listening to the Bischoff the podcast where he said that when the stories were coming out that you know before they debuted that they should not debut them at the same time. I couldn't agree more with what you were saying there, David, about Hook. Hook was supposed to be the next the next thing he was get up, getting built up built up built up built up forgotten about and there's so many people in AEW that have come and I've just totally forgotten about I seen um, a tweet the other day with a, a picture of Jake the Snake on it totally forgot he was involved with AEW uh, I remember when he debuted because he cut an amazing promo in the ring with Cody uh, but just totally forgot he was there and they have got a roster when you type into start typing into Google AEW um one of the most such phrases assigns too many people. <laughs> yeah. They have got an absolutely enormous roster, uh, which we've talked about before, and they keep adding to it. And of course, this week they added, uh, re-added Rush to the mm. to the roster. But it's that continuity of storytelling that they miss, and that's what WWE is doing so well at yeah. this point in time. And what you were saying earlier on about Tony Khan, that's been a long haired held criticism of Vince McMahon and the WWE writers that they're often writing for an audience of one well if Tony is the audience he's just got to watch he doesn't become the audience of one and he's not just doing stuff all the time because that's what he enjoys that maybe served him well at the start of this journey but now they're a bit further into this journey he needs to remember his audience base as a broader church he, he needs Here's the thing, he fell out with Eric Bischoff. He, he took a massive falling out of Eric Bischoff. Uh-huh. Do you know the thing about Eric Bischoff? I always say, Eric Bischoff was never a wrestling guy. Eric Bischoff Just was TV. a television guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's what made w- WCW so successful. And that's what you need the combination of. There's, a, I get the criticism that WWE was too scripted for a long time. Yeah. But being too scripted is different from, oh, we shouldn't have any writers at all. Or we shouldn't have people like penning the show and penning these storylines and working on that long-term stories. Because otherwise the inmates are running the asylum. 
And when your inmate is as clever and good as MJF, you get away with it. But every other time, it doesn't necessarily work, you know? You just mentioned uh, Rush before, obviously, with his, uh, his sign with AEW. is apparently you know, heavily rumoured uh, that, that WWE were interested. I My mate messaged me this morning. The first message I woke up to this morning on, on WhatsApp was from him with uh, uh, Rush's tweet <laughs> um, where he was talking about his signing. And he said, now push him to the moon. So obviously, people, yeah, my mate's a big, big fan of, uh, of wrestling. He He's watched Rush for a, a long time. The- <laughs> Oh, sorry. I just I just completely lost it because the the tweet is amazing. It, it started a new chapter in my personal professional career. Blah 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 blah. But then the video that comes with it is legitimately the most awkward contract signing I have ever seen in my entire life. And Tony Khan's trying to do the Triple H point, and it's so it's so awkward. And I I, I feel bad because like. Yeah, it, it does seem like I'm I'm ragging on AEW. I'm not. I don't want to, you know, because like I want I want competition. I want success. I want AEW to be successful. And I think one of the things that they're going to start doing right is things like that. Not that contract signing, which looks really awkward, but signing talent to long term deals, which is the thing that they're apparently trying to do right now. Yeah, but also John, they need to do the right things with them. We're seeing push them to the moon, right? But mm. but in whose place do you bump Keith Lee even further down the card than he already is? Again, another you know? one that I kind of semi-forgot was there, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And this this shouldn't be the case. That Basically, if you're going, I agree, we should be signing the best talent, get talent long-term games, get talent paid, you know what I mean? But also, don't sign talent without a plan for what you're going to do yep. with them. You know what I mean? Like, don't sign talent just because, oh, they're there, we'll figure it out. When you already have so many people who are getting lost in the shuffle, it seems like Dr. Britt Baker should be a star in the level of a Charlotte Flair. Right now, seems lost in the shuffle of AEW. Their own women's champion, Chris Statlander, to me, doesn't feel like a star and isn't getting the attention. I, I know you're saying you're not ragging in AEW. I'm going to put well, my hands but, up yeah. and say, I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. very much ragging in AEW, but it's because of the reasons. I want healthy competition. I want them to mm. be the best they can be. And it's really frustrating. We've all had friends and people in our life who make the same mistakes over and over and go back to the next. There's only so many times you can give out the same advice to someone. There's only so many times we can say the same thing about one promotion and it never to change, you know? And that that is why I get frustrated. So until, until AEW... And I see a sort of turning point with this. I'll continue to rag on it because it's not the type of product I want to see. For people, it will be. And I like to see good wrestling matches like anyone else. But for me, not a fan right now. And I need to admit that. I think it's smart, Gary, that they're trying to, you know, sign, especially I'd say some of the top talent. You probably he's probably, you know, calling MJF every five minutes, is Tony, trying to get him signed on a on a five year <laughs> deal, you know, if he hasn't signed it already. But I, I think it's a smart move to try and stop it's almost like the Chelsea. He's almost acting like the Chelsea of um, of of wrestling at the minute, where they're <laughs> stockpiling all these players and they want to keep them there because they want to keep them away from from the Liverpool's, the Arsenal's, the Man United's, the Man City's of the world. And he's trying yeah. to keep them away from WWE and even like you know to go and be like the top uh, top of impact for a little bit, something like I mean- that. If only wrestling had some examples in its recent history of companies <laughs> that had done this, that had signed ex-WWE guys and other folk from from the independents to stop another company getting them. If only there was a company like, say, WCW that one could <laughs> learn from 
or Impact Wrestling TNA that has a track record of doing this. There comes a point, and I've no idea what AEW's finances are, but I'm going to guess their wage bill is enormous (laughs) (laughs) Uh, with all these people. So I've no idea if they're turning a profit, if they're break-even, if they're losing money. Uh, I can't imagine their profit margins are are massive if they are making one. So there does come a point where you know, a company like AEW has to stand in its own two feet financially and uh, in the way we've seen with Impact Wrestling and Panda Energy stop putting so much money into it, they have to become financially responsible. Um, and AEW, whilst, yes, that Chelsea model is fine, but the minute that Roman Abramovich has to stop putting money in, oh, they look precarious. Now, in their case, another billionaire came along and bought them. But football, and like wrestling, is very good at emptying the pockets of billionaires and <laughs> and reducing their wealth quite significantly mm. in this case. So I think there's a danger for AEW in signing people. And if you think about it, there's a lot of people they've signed that WWE chose not to sign or chose to release. So there's not the same urgency to sign them because if they don't go to AEW, where are they going to go? They could pick them up in a few months' time. Yeah. But Keith Lee would be much better at the top of Impact having yes, great yeah. matches with a Josh Alexander in the main event being treated like a champion in the model of a McIntyre or a Lashley than he would getting lost in the mid-card not having a blow-off match with Sarah Strickland for the last three months for <laughs> yeah. no reason whatsoever. You know what I mean? And that's, that's, where I, that's where I come to it. Competition's all well and good, but if you're going to sign somewhere and your complaint has been, I wasn't used well here, but we'll come to the promised land, just not to be used well there either. You know what I mean? To me, that doesn't make sense. And there's so much, there's a lot of tribalism out there. And I, I, WWE was shit for many years and we called them out in that as well. You know what I mean? I don't understand why there's such a, there's a, seems to be a trepidation in the wrestling fandom to admit that AEW is not working when it comes to storytelling. You know what I mean? Because we don't want to admit that, or maybe they won't be the ones to get to WWE's level and give them that true sense of competition again. Because obviously that's what we all want, because that would make everything more exciting. Iron sharpens iron. But mm. it's iron versus aluminium right now, in my opinion. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they had they did the right thing when they set up. You know, they they got in the talent, they got in the Jerichos. Mm. Yeah, they got in people like that. They had Cody and you know, the books who were a known quantity. Kenny Omega was a very much known quantity. If you're a wrestling fan, you knew what you, you, you were getting out of that. And they hung the title on, on Jericho because it was the right thing to do. Yes. You give, you give those, because an, a casual fan, not like, you know, us three, someone from off the street, you know, Bobby around the corner is just kind of getting interested in wrestling. He's kind of seeing it. And he knows of these people from the past that he's heard about. Yeah. He's like, oh, Chris Jericho. Yeah. Oh, God, I'll watch that. Cause uh, you know, I've heard about him. I'll go and see that. And then you build your other, you're other talent, and that's where your your pillars get built up. But then, mm. oh, I was just it was just a mess, and it just made me think about another one who's kind of on free agency at the moment. And uh, yeah, I don't think we'll spend too much time talking about him, but he's he's won this around, and and WWE apparently were interested last time before he had a small sojourn to Impact. Nick Aldis, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't yeah. think he's going to be a page turner. He's not going to be a you know a, a remote switcher for anybody, but. I think he's a talent to throw in, and yeah, would he go? Would he go to AEW? And in this situation, what do you think? I'll go there for six months. I'm going to get misused. Money talks at the end of the day. 
it depends who's offering him the biggest paycheck. But Nick Aldis should be going to WWE, I think. Yeah. Either if he goes to Ring of Honor, he can do what he's doing just now under that sort of umbrella, get some good matches, get some good time, have a great match with Claudio probably, right? But I view Nick Aldis in the same way that I viewed Finley's run in WWE. Get him in as that sort of veteran type figure. They talk about him wanting to do a producer role as well. I think he could still do both. You know, if you put him on the main roster, he'd be a great sort of guy to go up that hardened veteran in the mid-card title scene, I think would be sort of limit. I think that's where he'd be brilliant. But I also could see a world in which Nick Aldis is NXT champion would work. Yeah, I was going to say, put him in NXT. Yeah. Yeah, and it works because it's it's what we're talking about. They're sending experienced guys down there anyway to work with the younger guys and try and raise their skills and work with them and pass on that knowledge. If you had a veteran like that down there, Nick Aldis, who's seen it all, done it all, bought the T-shirt, wrestled the best and the best in the world, you know, that's a guy you can trust to sort of like, here, carry this brand, take all these guys around you, put them, bring them up to your level. Um, and I think that would be the best utilisation of Nick Aldis at this point in his career. Um, he's not someone who strikes me immediately as a WWE guy. I think the, the guy out there who I can't believe WWE hadn't like, snapped up to this point is Dalton Castle, because to me he streams mm. potential in WWE. But that aside, I think Nick Aldis, like you say, if he did go to AEW, I think instantly lost in the shuffle. If he goes to WWE, I think there's a very real place that they can use him. Yeah. I agree. I think I'd be really, really good to get him up there. And and I, you know what? I, I'm interested in this. I don't know what you know. You boys think about this, but I think a lot of the talent, such as Nick Aldis, are doing the right thing by showing that ambition by wanting to not just like you know go in there and wrestle and say yeah we've got all the you know the younger guys whatever I don't, know, don't matter. They want to go in there and produce. They want to they want to extend their career. They don't just want to finish this and do the touring circuit of all the the conventions. They want to go in there and have this career with whoever it is, WWE, AEW. That is a very good trait to have, you know. And I, I, I know like Pete Dunne did it. He, you know, worked quite a lot as a producer when he was learning NXT UK. Mm-hmm. He did a lot of that kind of stuff, and a lot of the NXT guys really got mucking in doing that because you're one injury away from having no career in the ring. You're one bad injury. You are one, yeah, small, one gets- bad fall. Yeah, Tyson Kidd, look at that. And now he's thriving. He's thriving he's now. He's Jason got his Jordan. school going. Yeah, Jason Jordan's doing his thing. Kurt Angle's son, come on. He's um, got famous dad, yeah. He's got famous yeah, very dad. Famous dad. I, I, think, yeah, yeah, I also there. think that the, the biggest uh, success story when it comes to this, John, is Adam Pearce. Yeah. He actively, he was a great wrestler in his time, actively made a decision to say, you know what, I'm not getting any younger. This opportunity has come up to come to WWE as a, a producer and to show another side of my skill set. And he's done that. And then ended up on WWE television as one of the most prominent figures on it. You know, in a different way, stepping away from the ring, stepping away from his own ego and saying, this is what I can do, like you say, to prolong my career in the business. You know, and look at the success story of Adam Pearce. He would have never been as prominent as he is on WWE TV if he tried to go in there and make it as a wrestler. He just just wouldn't, you know. So good. So, so good. Uh, we've covered quite a lot, so that's been really good. But there's one <laughs> one very good feel-good story that I saw before, obviously in, in Hollywood right now. Seth Rollins mentioned this on a podcast recently, didn't he? He was saying that like they're kind of looking, you know, 
that they could take advantage in a sense because they're not members of SAG-AFTRA. They don't have to go through all this union stuff, which I know the union thing in wrestling's you know been done a million times. Uh, but obviously, SAG-AFTRA on uh, on strike, so Hollywood's pretty much come to a halt at the moment, and uh, and that's a bit of a, a shame. And obviously, one of the most famous crossover stars is The Rock, who has just gone and done unbelievable things. Gary, you've got that story in front of you, because this is just absolutely epic, what The Rock has gone and done. Yes, so The Rock has uh, contributed towards, now I'm going to have to read this, SAG-AFTRA. That's the one. (laughs) Members, the Screen Actor Girls, American Federation of Television and Radio Artists, and also WAG, Writers Guild of America members, um, who are currently on strike as they seek higher wages and some protections. The Rock has reportedly um, donated a record-breaking sum. I've not seen reports on what this figure is, but it's, it's seven, uh, seven figures, figures apparently. Yeah, yeah. So at least one million dollars um, to this, and comes at a good time. Uh, you know, it's. Always good to be philanthropic and to, to support them. We've seen quite a lot of really A-list uh, celebrities do this. We had the uh, Oppenheimer cast, I think it was, that left their uh, premiere early to show support to their uh, to their colleagues. So it's fabulous to see people at the top of the game remembering uh, and supporting people further down the ladder without whom they could not achieve the success that they are achieving. It's also good for The Rock's had some bad press recently, so strategically it's probably a good thing for him to have done. Yeah. If I was advising him, I think it'd be pretty good advice, but I'd like to think he's done this because he's a good guy and this is a good thing to do. Totally. And also like the industry I work in as well, like it's close to home for me and going forward in my podcast over the RT podcast before every sort of review we're going to sponsored by TGI Fridays <laughs> fun fact so it's by fucking everyone at the minute it's great um, but <laughs> what's a free scrum um, but we're going to be sharing uh, a fact every sort of episode about these strikes and why they're important and the thing is The Rock has come from wrestling where there is an atmosphere everyone wants to get to the top but also you look out for the guys and girls in the locker room there's that camaraderie there. He was the highest paid actor for a very long time and has benefited from this system. For, so for him to give back, it's very much the right thing, but I also think it's very in keeping with him eh, as a person. And he realised how important it all is. They're on strike right now because there's a lot of actors making their way up who are hustling at the sort of bottom of the food chain as, as the walk, rock was at one point. You know, he's told about how he had a very little money in his pocket when he was starting out his career. You know, a lot of these guys and girls and writers and actors alike eh, can't get enough to cover health insurance or can't make enough to cover their health insurance with their job. AI is trying to take away jobs from a lot of writers um, and, and actors as well. They're talking about they want to... Uh, digitally uh, create AI extras, which would take out a whole living uh, for a number of background guys in the industry. And the the problem with it is, and it comes to wrestling as well, um, and we talked about sort of WWE's move to a sort of corporate structure sort of over the years, but when movies and art is made purely for the benefit to put money in the pockets of investors uh, and corporate leaders, then that is when things become a problem. uh, And that is where you know, people get exploited uh, further down the chain who are trying to, you know, at the beginning of their career. And I think that's just what these strikes are about at their core, is trying to remind people that, hey, even 
everyone who's on set from a sort of key grip um, all the way up to the major star are trying to help you create this art and any money that is made should be more fairly um, distributed along that food chain. So it's really good to see that The Rock, who is at the head of that food chain, is, like you say, being supportive of everyone who's underneath it. But you said that he was ahead of the table. He's the head of the table. You should, <laughs> you should challenge Roland for that title. <laughs> I had to get the gag in there. It has Nicely to turn done. up. Nicely so, done. Yeah, no, Listen, Grayson Waller's going, going to beat The Rock before he gets to Roland anyway. So <laughs> yeah, it looks, it looks like it's going that way, doesn't it? But it's a very good thing to do. And as we record this on the 25th of July, it's actually National Tequila Day. He's been celebrating that because obviously it's... Uh, uh, his Terramana brand. I do have a bottle in the freezer, so I do feel I should go and uh, have a little drink later on for uh, for National Tequila Day. Fantastic, definitely going. To Why that. not? Yeah, you know, got to do so it. <laughs> but yeah, plenty going on. Over it. I say, uh, obviously, as we get towards SummerSlam, I lost the ability to speak then because I was thinking too much about tequila, um, or maybe I've already had some. Uh, but yeah, we're getting towards SummerSlam. It's going to be good. I'm still waiting for the LA Night bit, by the way. So. Yeah, whatever happens with LA Night is going to be epic on SummerSlam. I'm sure you're going to be able to talk about that next week on Central. Again, if you want to go and check out our back catalog and all the other podcasts, you can have a little look. It's all on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find them. You know the score because you're listening to it again, like I said before. And at Suplex Retweet, if you want to come and well, give us any stick, which is it's fine. Yeah, Or just say nice things. I like nice things. That's good, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. No, fuck it. Take a fight with me. Yeah, all right. Well, come on. Let's have a fight. I'll, I'll, I need, I'll, I'll whoop your ass. Yeah, go on then. <laughs> uh, for myself, John, David, and Gary, uh, say goodbye, boys. See you later. Thank you, John. Goodbye, folks. I hope you was going to always say goodbye, boys, then, but you didn't. Never mind. Yes, boys. <laughs> yes, boys. <laughs> Hi, I'm Scott McLeod. And I'm Grant McGrobby. We are the hosts of the monthly show on Eat the Suplex Retreat East Meets West where we'll bring you all the latest happenings, reviews and big events from New Japan and the land of the Far East. You can remember to check that out on the Eat Sleep Suplex Retreat podcast feed on all good Android podcasts and sites like Anchor, Spotify or iTunes now. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply.